0: What a blessing, you know, we've been, we've been speaking on a, a vital subject and, and why I believe this subject is vital, Pastor Justin, is that um, whatever you stir up in revelation in the people, that's what the Lord begins to release in their lives. The Bible says this divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness in the knowledge of him. Pretty much, he has given what? blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places the blessing of the lord upon his people is already there it's in another realm though it exists in the realm of the unseen and so for it to come down to the realm of the seen, there has to be the connection of faith that becomes the bridge or the conduit that allows what is already yours to manifest in your life so you may have been given all by god but if you're faithful little you will experience little And God will not be wrong in his announcement that he has blessed you with much. That's why one of the greatest adventures you and I can take is the adventures of growing in our faith. The reason why we must continue to read our Bible is because that's the only way we get to access information concerning our inheritance. I believe that the story of the children of God is like the story of of Mephibosheth. In 1 Samuel, no, 2 Samuel, around chapter 6. Let me give you the back story. Mephibosheth was the grandchild of the first king of Israel. His father died in battle the day that the king died. That means that he was an inheritor of what his grandfather had owned. His grandfather Saul was at that time the king of Israel. That would have made him the greatest landowner. In the nation of Israel. But when word came that Saul had died in battle and Saul had Jonathan, Mephibosheth's dad, the nurse that was looking after this young boy took the kid to run away because in in ancient kingdoms, whenever one king would pass, the incoming king would purge the bloodline of the king before so that they do not rise against him. So the nurse was afraid for Mephibosheth's life. So she ran, but as she was running out, she dropped him. You guys know this story, man. I know this has been preached in, in the church for a long time, but it's not a story of Mephibosheth. It's a story about you and I. Mephibosheth ends up in a place called Lodibah. without debar, word. A place of no communication. David becomes king, and I don't believe it was just the niceness of David. I believe it was the promptings of God. That David begins to wonder, is there anybody left in the house of Saul that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? This child had favor that had been covenanted by his father before he was born. He just didn't know it, that's all. And so then what begins to happen is word goes around and they say, yeah, there's this crippled boy because there's a nurse heard that, that uh, his, uh, uh, Jonathan had died and she ran out, she dropped the boy and he became crippled. It must have been nerve damage. Hit a portion of his head and then he was crippled from that day forward. So here's a crippled boy living in abject poverty in a land called Lodibar. He's not a boy anymore. He's a man now. But all these years, he's been living in abject poverty even though, in reality, he was one of the greatest landowners in Israel. He just didn't know it. The way to access what God has given you is through revelation. And that's why you've got to sit in the hearing of the announcement of the word of God. And, and when that announcement is coming through, you have to lean into that word and make it your own. That begins to be the conduit through which you plug into the flow of what is yours. Anyway, Mephibosheth gets word from that, hey, the king is looking for you. You know what the boy said? He said, why would the king look for a dead dog such as me? Those are the words he used. I'm a dead dog. Why would the king care? Not knowing that the king was about to show him favor. Because this favor had been secured by covenant before he was even born. Are we together? Why this story kind of rocks me is because I know how possible it is to live beneath your privilege. Simply because you're ignorant. My people are destroyed because of what? A lack of knowledge. That's why the devil is called the prince of darkness. You know why? Because darkness is concealment. Ah, he blinds the eyes of the unbelievers so that they, because if their eyes were open, they would be able to see the riches that have been made available. So that's why the strategy is is, is real simple. But here's what, what, what irks me though, is that when there's blindness within the house of God and the people of God don't know who they are and they don't know what is, What has been given to them? It's possible to live and die in abject abject poverty, lack and insufficiency, sickness and disease. Simply because we did not know what was ours. Because nobody announced it to us. It's the whole role of the preacher. How shall they believe in whom they have never heard? How shall they hear about him unless there's a preacher for it is written. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings. My job is just to announce to you your inheritance. What you do with that information is not up to me. That is entirely up to you. So this young man when he heard that the king was looking for him. I'm glad that he listened to the man that brought him the word. Because he had no idea that from that day forward he was going to be one of the most favored men in Israel. More favored than some of David's own sons. Because not every son of David ate at the king's table. But Mephibosheth was now invited. So he dressed himself, he cleaned himself up, and the crippled boy, the grandson of David's former enemy, lived these days blessed. Because one day somebody brought him the good news that reminded him of who he was. You know what David did? David said to Mephibosheth, son, I'm going to give you all your grandfather's land. Everything that your grandfather, the first king, owned, I'm giving it to you. So imagine that one day you are in complete dilapidation, everything is broken, and then you awaken to the fact that you're royalty. And in that awakening to the fact that you're royalty, you lean into that in faith, and that message changes your reality and plugs your experience to match the truth about you. Because the truth was this boy was royalty, but life had dealt with him so roughly, you would have thought he was a beggar. And that's why this weekend we've been... Talking about the favor of God so that you might understand. I don't know how else to live. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to be honest with you. I don't know how else to live except to live under the canopy of God's favor. Where's my protection in God's favor? Because I'm not strong enough to protect myself. I cannot even see behind me. You know, I cannot even see at this point right here, I'm blind. So I don't know what's coming from over there. God does. So I have to lean in and trust. That he encompasses me with favor as a shield. That's what your Bible says. The Lord surrounds you with favor as a shield. So yesterday we spoke, I hope clearly enough. And Pastor Pastor Justin alluded to it this morning. We spoke concerning what I call the general favor that is amongst all that are believers. There's a general favor, which is what? It was purchased fully by Christ. So it's there. But I've also observed that as much as it is there, there are individuals that are walking in different experiences of that favor. And so I've, I've observed to try and see. Uh, I'll give an example. There's some good friends of mine, um, and, 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 and they, they do extremely well, of a wonderful, thriving business. Um, one, of, one, one of the greatest in their circle and so I'm just wondering, man, you know, wow, you're so blessed. So I even asked me, hey, what techniques do you use in business so that you can succeed? And, you know, they gave me some techniques, but as they were talking, I, I could feel in my heart that that's not where he's coming from. So I happened to be speaking to, uh, to the auntie who was part of that conversation. And then she says, you know, Felix, my, my dad, he worked for the Air Force in India. He didn't have a car, he had a bicycle. But every time he got paid, before he brought the money home, he would ride on his bicycle and go and find the minister to make sure that he had given the tithe to the house of God. And he did this all through their life. Right now, they're multi-millionaires. And right then, the Lord told me that I wish you and your children would know where your blessing came from. Somebody observed the principles that plug into the blessing of God. Because as we begin to explore in scripture, you're going to find that it's all available. But there are some that will not do certain things they should do to plug into blessing and there are many that do and walk in it. They are, here's what another portion of scripture says. It says what? The secret of the Lord. Where is the scripture? See if I can find it. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and to them he shows his covenant. Find it. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he shows them his covenant the whole idea is this and i'll just go forward you guys can do your own research the secret of the lord means this there are some there is some special revelation that is given to those that seek it when the lord says asking you shall receive seeking you shall find knocking the door shall be open it means that the quality of your seeking enables you to walk in a greater dimension of revelation and the more that is revealed to you the more that you can access so the Lord has secrets. There are some things you have to dig into scripture to find out. It's available, but only mainly to the seeker. So when we want to unpack favor, Pastor Justin, we want to find if there's a secret to favor. So that it's not just God randomly blessing certain people just because he, he feels like it. Is there a system that plugs me into the floor of favor? And if you're a student of the Bible, you cannot deny the fact that yes, there is a system. Let's open our Bibles. We're going to start actually in Proverbs chapter 3, my bro. I'm going to try and share some of my own experiences as we go along. I pray that you listen with the ears of the spirit. Here's what Proverbs chapter 3 from the beginning says. My son, do not forget the law, or rather my law, nor let your heart keep, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace will, uh, will they add to you. Now notice what he's saying. This is the unveiling of the secret. This is the secret that David taught Solomon, Right? He says, pay heed to the, what, what, what he called the commands of the Lord. Now, if you go through the Bible, particularly Psalm 119, you'll see these words commands, statutes, precepts. In other words, concepts or principles that govern the way that God does what he does. And what Solomon is being encouraged to do by David, which he is now encouraging his own son, his son, pay heed to the principles. Are we together? All right, cool. Reading right along. He says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So now he says this, let not mercy. Somebody say mercy. Come on, talk to me. Somebody say mercy. What is mercy? Let me tell you what mercy is. Mercy is the free gift you give somebody who does not deserve it and who may not have even asked for it. In fact, for mercy to be mercy if they must not deserve it, and you must be under no real obligation to give it. But in the moment of wanting to honor the statutes of God, because you understand that in the principles of God, oh God, what I do for another, God will do for me. I then show mercy because someday I might myself need mercy. None of us here have lived long enough to make our dumbest mistake. So what the Lord will do is this. Some people will cross you and some people will hurt you and some people might wound you. And But the Lord is then putting a task on you. My son, don't let mercy and truth forsake you. He says they are so important. I want you to bind them established on your heart. So that you will what? So that you might find favor with God and men. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Some of the favor you're going to experience is not going to be because you deserve it at all. Somebody is just going to take, just going to like you. That's mercy. Some of your greatest breakthroughs are not going to come from your sweat. Your sweat is great, it's just not good enough to purchase what you need. You're just going to need for the right people to like you. And now the Lord is beginning to share through the writing of Solomon. Solomon. He says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, meaning what? The only way they get separated is if your head gets chopped off. Put them on tablets of your heart, meaning what? The only way that they get to be removed from is if your heart stops beating. He's saying, take this to the grave, why? And in so doing, you will what? Plug in, access, favor, not just with God, but favor with God and men. And let me tell you this, all of us are favored by God. That's what I was talking about yesterday. It was purchased at Calvary. Failure with men, it comes via a different conduit of honoring the precepts and the principles of God. But here's what's so crazy about it. Anytime the Lord truly wants to bless you, he would do so through people. Anyway, let me read right along trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path he says do not be wise in your own eyes because there's some things even as i'm speaking that you're going to deconstruct by your own genius put that aside for today amen and and just if the lord is dealing something with you if the shoe fits just wear it Uh, don't 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 fight me don't fight the word he says watch this in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path do not be wise in your own eyes fear the lord and depart from evil and I love it when the Bible speaks about the concept of evil, it's speaking about the concept of crookedness. Fear God and, and walk away from crookedness. Crookedness is a path that is not that is not straight, it's not upright. He says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with all the first fruits of your increase, and your barn, barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, now in this instance. So much was laid here. But why I came to this particular portion of Scripture is because it introduces the two necessary layers of favor that you and I need to walk in to truly experience the blessing of God. It's favor, A, with God, and then favor also with men. We need favor with people. As we look through Scripture again, we begin to find that this appears to be all over Scripture. You know, if you look at what was said concerning John, by his father Zacchaeus, I think it's in Luke chapter 2. and turn there. Let's say some scriptures then I'm going to try and lend this home before we, before we go. In Luke chapter 2. He says, and the child, now this is speaking concerning Christ, right? It says... And the child, in verse 40, and the child grew and became strong in spirit and was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. The child grew and what? And was filled with wisdom. Now here's the thing that we're going to plug in today. The reason why we start in Proverbs is because favor is directly attached to wisdom and wisdom is what I'm sharing with you right now. That the wisdom of God may, may lay out a simple concept that mercy and truth are a key to favor. That's wisdom that is speaking. Everything the Lord is going to bring into our lives, he's going to bring the favor we need, the blessing, the prosperity, the healing, the deliverance. He brings it through the concept of wisdom. But sometimes when wisdom speaks, it it, it, it may grind us the wrong way because it might demand something of us. Oh, how I pray that you would so love God and so fear him that you you would you would rather break your own life than to go against the principles of God. And what I mean by that is this, is no matter how much it costs you and I to do the right thing, when we do the right thing, we plug into the eternal principles of God. So if you ever find a blessed man or a woman, and here's what I'm telling you, I'm talking about those walking in blessing. There might be something that they're doing that you may not know. Or there might be a recipient of another generation that did something that you may not know. But none of that is just random. There is method to what is going on. And the wise child seeks out what is it that I need to be in order that I can access all the things I pray for. Because there are some things you cannot pray hard enough for. You can fast all you want and still not get until the Lord brings in correction there. And out of that correction, the Lord will then cause an overflow. I want us to to, to just look at some of these principles. And I want us to look at the chief principle in in favor, which is wisdom. Go please if you can. Um, We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 8. I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures. The deliverance is in the word. Amen. Amen. Does wisdom not call out, the Bible declares. "And understanding raise her voice. On the heights overlooking the road, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates of the city, at the entrances, she cries out, To you, O men, I call out, and I cry out to the sons of men. This is wisdom. What is wisdom? The correct application of the knowledge of God. Wisdom is so powerful. That it is personified in the devil, meaning it is given personhood in the scriptures. And then we understand that wisdom is so powerful that eventually it is given the personhood that is so great that it literally is called the spirit of wisdom when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The key to favor is going to be wisdom. We're going to find out. And as we read along, it says, To you, O men, I call out, and my cry is to the sons of men. O simple ones, learn from the shrewd, learn to be shrewd. Or fools, gain understanding. Listen, for I speak noble things and the opening of my lips will reveal right. So wisdom says, when I open my mouth, I show you the correct way. I show you the way that you should go. Now the willingness to go that way is entirely up to you. But when wisdom speaks, it points that, hey, you want to get to that destination. That's the road right there. And you have to desire wisdom so much that when wisdom points the way, you follow the way. Ah, reading right along. It says this, in, let's go all the way to verse 10. Receive my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire compares with her. Now this is what we used to sing when I was growing up. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds and nothing I desire compares with you. That was not talking about Lord, nothing in the Bible. It was talking about wisdom. It is wisdom that laid claim, I am more precious than silver. It is wisdom that laid claim, I am more costly than gold. It is wisdom that proclaimed, you know, I am more more beautiful than diamonds and nothing that you desire compares with me. Oh, that the church might hunger to walk in the wisdom of God to walk under the, the canopy of divine instruction some of the pain you're facing is because of ignorance in a way that once the light of God comes on it opens up a way in the middle of nowhere some of the struggle that we might be experiencing yes some is just part of our path But usually even the struggles come to perfect. I hope that whatever trouble you go through perfects you in wisdom and not draws you into ignorance. Ignorance is not a hideout. It's not safe. So in wisdom I'm constantly seeking the ways of God, the precepts of God, the purposes of God. Read right along, Felix. It says to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Ah, No, no, let me go before that. Uh, Verse uh, 12, I wisdom dwell together with prudence and I I find knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct and and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight and strength. By me kings reign and the rulers enact laws. By me princes rule and all the nobles govern justly. Love, I love those who love me, and those who seek me early will find me. This is wisdom letting you, you and I know that it's not IQ that brings wisdom. It's not whether you are academically naturally smart. No, it is the fact that you desire to know, that the Lord begins to unveil and cause you to know. One of the dangers of, of, of religion, including our, our expression of our denominational expression, is we act like we already know everything. can't be told nothing. can't be corrected. If you think it's easy, come on here and bring correction. See how it works out for you. It's not easy. But here's what it is, is that when we are learners and we are people that are constantly inclined to learning, we are, we are open to correction because we understand that the safe path, the path of plenty is the path that is, that is, that is paved out by the knowledge and the wisdom of God. I'm saying this as passionately as I am because I found out, ladies and gentlemen, that when you access elements of the wisdom of God, there are things in your life right now that you're crying and you're believing for and you've been waiting on. They are released when, you, when the Lord gives you what I call a wisdom key. Wisdom is looking for those that are looking for her. Wisdom is seeking those that are seeking her. Wisdom is found by those that esteem her. How do we build, Father? Wisdom. How do we multiply, Lord? Wisdom. How do we raise a generation of champions, Lord? Wisdom. Because wisdom does not travel alone. Wisdom says, wealth and riches are with me. It means that there's a, there's a supply that comes with wisdom that never fails. Let me read right along and then I'm going to go to, to chapter 12. Verse 18. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than pure than gold, pure gold, and my harvest surpasses silver. I walk in the way of righteousness. That way of righteousness means, means the just path. I need you to hear me. The way of righteousness and justice. Here's what Psalm 84 says. I think it says that concerning God, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. I hope something I communicate today is going to click. I'm not feeling like it's clicking yet. Because when it clicks, it's going to change your life. Wisdom says, I walk in in the path of righteousness, in the path of justice. Righteousness. Justice. Remember that. Amen. Amen. Reading right along. My fruit is better than gold pure. God I already say that. Um, it says this I walk in the way of righteousness and along the path of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. The Lord created me as the first before, um, as, as his first course before his works of old. For everlasting I was established from the beginning and before the earth began. Now, this is wisdom speaking. Amen. This is wisdom speaking. So then, as we begin to find out a little bit more, I want us to, if we can, go to the same Proverbs, but we're going to go to chapter 11. Hallelujah. Are we doing good? David's in the Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. I'm going to be going to around verse 25, but I want to begin with verse 1 because the key of what I want to share, the wisdom nugget I want you to see comes in here. The Lord says dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. I know many times when we read this, we go right along and we miss out that that is probably one of the most power packed uh, you know, verses in the subject you and I are dealing with today. The Lord says dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. What is a dishonest scale? It's a scale that is not balanced. It is a lot on one side and not enough on the other side to counterbalance it. So the Lord does not like dishonest scales. You're gonna find that principle throughout the writ of scripture. It is the very same principle that is behind the concept to whom much is given much is required. When you are given much, and then in response you give little, you have caused the scales to be unbalanced, and the Lord detests that. That is that parable you find in the Bible, where a man was forgiven of a lot of debt, and then he went to the man that owed him less than he had owed the master, and this, so this imagine this man owed a million dollars. His master came one day and said, what's your name, brother? Stephen. Say, Stephen, you know, just uh, you, you're good. You and I are good. Your debt is paid in full, okay? Now, you had somebody that owed you $50,000. you have just been forgiven a million, right? You then go to the guy that owes you 50000 What's your name, brother? Paul. Paul. You go to Paul, and you say, bro, I need my 50000 right now. Paul says, I I need a little bit of time. And you say, no, you're going to pay. And then you end up getting him arrested and thrown into a prison until he is paid. When the master hears, that's a dishonest scale. Why? You are given much, but you are not reciprocating. The lack of reciprocation means that you don't quite understand the favor that has been given you. That's why you're holding it against Paul that he owes you. But when you understand the precepts of God, because you're a seeker of wisdom, you know you have no choice but to let him go and to set him free. Why? Because you have been yourself set free. That's why there is no, no justifiable reason for any of us, you and I, to hold a grudge or anything against somebody because as long as we have let God down and he has also blessed us and he has forgiven us, we have to freely receive and what freely give because that's what balances the scales of God. So if the scales of God are off tilter kilter no matter how much you pray what you need to hear is a word that gives you the wisdom to reciprocate what has been given it's not the things that you need what you need is for the Lord to set things right enough to say my child my son I, I-, I let you go why are you not letting him go you are out of balance with the principles of God and because you are out of balance with the principles of God there are some things you cannot access it's unwise to have unbalanced scales. Do you know that the nation of Israel is one of the only nations on earth that is not allowed to mistreat the foreigner? Do you know why? Anybody else? Because the Lord says you were foreigners in Egypt one day. So the Lord is constantly observing how do you deal with the scales of justice. So because why? Because now imagine this. Lord, please favor me, and you do. You sing, singing all the right songs, praying all the right prayers. But there are areas where the scales are off kilter. No matter what heaven desires to give you. Just, just watch this. Please listen to this preacher today. If you do the right thing. If you do the right thing. God will bless you. The, the situation that I was giving right now. Just actually happened to me fairly recently. You know I, I was preaching a number of. Uh, it was a few months ago. And I came into an unexpected blessing uh, earlier this year. Was it? Yeah, earlier this year, right in the beginning of the year. Pastor Justin, I had a single offering in church that was the biggest offering I'd ever received from any church during the service. Went home, and um, and it, it was it was a good size man, a chunk of money. I went home and I got a call from a friend I'd not heard from in a very long time. In fact, since high school, so it's almost thirty years. He says, my brother, please help me. I, I, I know we haven't talked in 30 years. I have a situation. He says, um, uh, can I borrow something for just, uh, just for two weeks, I'll get it back to you. So at that time, there are ministries that I support. I went ahead and then just say, go ahead and, and, and take that to, to this wonderful brother. Well, the two weeks turned into a month and the month into another month. This was actually, no, sorry, it was last year. So it was last year. It was November 9th. And now I'm beginning to feel some kind of a way. And so now, earlier then, you know, he got a hold of me. Brother, I'm really trying, but I need a little bit more time and I can this. And, and then I, I just felt the Lord begin to say, son, 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 wait a minute here. You know, will him paying you back change your financial situation in a, in a drastic way? Have I not blessed you? Why don't you let it go? I so, said, look, Lord, I don't want people to take advantage of me. You know, I do this a lot. I give a lot, by the way. I give, I, that's the only life I know to live. I know to live that life of giving because I understand the scales of God. But I'd been blessed. And according to the measure that I'd been blessed, the Lord was trying to see if I can also bless another. It's easy sometimes to give to ministries because then I can say, ah, it's kingdom. But you're just a human being that is also supposed to work. I I was a little off kilter. And I can tell you this, the moment I made things right, and I said, the Lord just told me, text him and say it's paid in full. We don't have to have a conversation about this. Next time we talk, we'll talk about family and other things. But that thing that you own, is paid in full. The moment that happened, I was visited with such a, what I can call an avalanche of God's presence that I'd been lacking in months. I'd been seeking and trying to make contact and get a little splash here. Seeking, trying to make contact, get a little splash there. The minute that the scales were right, that I had been supernaturally blessed beyond what I thought. So now I, the Lord was requiring, son, will you give that same favor to somebody? Did you earn what you received? No, Lord, I didn't earn it. So let him not earn from you. So just let your brother go because he's struggling to pay it back. So I said, my brother, paid. from that moment, in, even right now, in between these meetings, Pastor Justin, I've been having encounters with the Lord. The reason I was a little late today, I was on my, on my face early from 4 in the morning. So, but I can tell you when that unlocked, though, it unlocked when the scales were adjusted. Now for some of you, I don't know, let me just say this right now so you get the concept. The concept is wisdom will begin to show you that you are to be a blesser to the same extent that you have been blessed. Whatever is in your hand before God is only worth anything based on that which God has poured into you. You determine the value of the gift by what? By your acknowledgement of that which God has done for you. To the extent that you have been loved, you love. To the extent that you have been blessed, you bless. The people that understand this, understand the secret of the Lord. There is a secret to walking in blessing. I have not had financial stress in my life for a long time. When this secret became apparent, none, none. I consider myself the wealthiest man I know in, only in this instance because whenever I need something for something, it shows up. But what I learned was this, that God watches scales. Some of the most blessed people I know materially are not necessarily some of the most generous. But some of the, I know people that have less than them but that live in greater freedom than them. I was preaching at a church. Hundreds of people there. Hundreds of people. I'd been at that church, I think, a year before. And after, after preaching, you know, the church said a blessing my way. I, looked at, I, was, I was, God bless you. Whatever comes into the ministry, I send to other ministries as well. And then a young lady, she looked like just, she had just started working. Young lady walks up to me. Says, Pastor Felix, can I get some prayer? And she says, she left a blessing in my hand. I didn't even look. I just said, what do you need? And I, and I prayed over her. And then she turned around and says this. She says, you prayed for me a year ago. I said, yeah. She Says, all my life I'd suffered from night terrors. I used to have nightmares that used to keep me awake at night. I said, okay. She says, after you prayed that time, I have not had a single nightmare ever since. It's been over a year. And I said, I'm so happy. I was so glad my heart was so blessed. And then I walked away. It was only when I was on my way out of the city when I looked to see how much she had given. Do you know how much that girl had given? She had given more than the church of some six, seven hundred people had given toward the ministry that day. And in my heart, I said, there's somebody sometimes that gets it. The qualification of the way that you bless, us. some of us here, we have a need for a home, right? Bless the house of God right here. I just want to show you how the the, the scales of God are balanced. When David wanted to secure a a, a dynasty for his family, do you know how he did that? When he wanted to secure the favor of God over his family, he went into the house of God and he said to Nathan, the prophet one time, he said, Sir, will you let me build God a house? 2 Samuel chapter 7. He said, what? I want to build God a house. God hasn't asked. I know he hasn't asked. It's just in my heart. So he says, Go ahead and do what you need to do. That night the Lord visited the men of God and says, Go and tell David that you will not. He says, Ever since I left the children of Israel left Egypt, nobody has ever asked me. I've never complained to you that I don't like my dwelling. Who is this son of Jesse that he would want to build me a house? Now go and tell my servant David that now I will build him. Uh, What did David done? David had disbalanced. He had thrown the scales off balance. God had to bring them the just. He says, David, you want to build me a house? Son, I'm going to build you a house. And there shall never be, fail to be a king from the line of David on the throne of Israel. That's why Jesus was born as the son of David. That's why the kingdom of David will never come to an end. Now notice this. What did he do? By his generosity or he entered into a principle that left heaven off center. Because God had not asked, he had not demanded, he had not complained, he had not done anything. The man extended himself before God and put down a weight that pulled the scales out of, out of whack. And God says we have to what? We have to balance the scale because an unjust scale is an abomination unto God. I hope somebody's hearing me today. Any time there's something specific that you're looking for in the things of God, you've got to ask yourself, Father, what wisdom will you give me that which I can extend to you? Why? Because heaven is built on this wise principle. All the people that you love in Scripture understood this. I'll give you this example: the promise of God came to Abraham, son. Through you, all the nations of the blessed shall be blessed. I'm going to give you children like the sand of the seashore. Now, when Abraham heard that promise, he was In his upper 60s, maybe early 70s, close to 30 years went by from Genesis 12, and nothing had happened. So we go from Genesis 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. In Genesis 18, Abraham was sitting outside his house one day, and he saw four men walking in the heat of the day by the sacred oaks of Mammon. And then here's what Abraham did. He extended himself to these individuals. It appears that initially he didn't know who they were. He says, sirs, please, 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 don't pass by my house. Come on in. Let me refresh you. Come out from the heat of the sun. He went and he killed the fetid calf. And then he went to Sarah and said, Sarah, can you make that special cake we like? We've got visitors. And Now notice this. The visitors had not asked for anything. They never made any demands. So there was no word of God that you should do this. It was just what was within the heart of Abraham. Abraham went and he served these individuals and they ate in his house, not knowing that that was God eating in his house. In the moment that Abraham did that, he tipped the scales of heaven off center. So now an unjust scale is an abomination unto the Lord. So after the Lord had eaten, he says this, where is Sarah, your wife? What is God about to do to balance the scale? Now notice this, the promise had been given for a long time. It had not yet manifest. Because I don't care what God has promised you, what releases it is adherence to the invisible secrets of the principles of God. When you know what they are and you honor them, you cannot stop the ble- Barrenness has got to go. He says, where is, your, where is your wife Sarah? He says, she's in the kitchen. She's the one who made you that cake. He says, tell her, according to the cycle of life, I'm going to be here next time. And when I come, she's going to be with child. When Sarah heard that, she laughed. Ah. Everything that God has given us, he freely gives us. But we access it through adherence to the principles of God. We need to wise up and be students of the Bible to know what the mysteries of God are like. That's why Abraham looked more blessed than others. Even though he was another human being, any human being in Abraham's time could have been just as capable to tap into the blessings of God if they knew the principles that govern the realm of the unseen. Am I talking to anybody here today? So what principle are we seeing right now, Pastor Justin? We're seeing that whenever we tilt toward generosity, this seems to be the balancing of the scale. The Bible says that what he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Anytime you give to the poor, boom, you've created a debt in heaven. It actually happened to me. I was uh, not too long ago. Uh, somebody asked me for mentoring They're in Springfield, Massachusetts. So I went there. they got a little business starting and they were looking passively. Please, you know, give us a mentoring. So I was like, okay, fine. You know, I'm going to work together with you. But as they were talking, I just felt the Lord saying, pay their first month. For the building that they're in, it's like Lord, I'm the one who drove all the way to help them. I heard the Lord says, "Pay the first month." They're struggling, so after I'd mentored and all this, oh pastor, you know, you know, they couldn't do anything for me, so they made me a meal. That's all they could afford to do, you know. So they made me a meal, and I sat down and I ate with them, and then they just said, "Hey, listen, man, boom, 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 you got Venmo," and I sent that to them, and all of a sudden I feel the touch of God as I'm driving home, clink. I get a phone call from my brother who's in San Antonio, Texas, Zach says, What's up, Zach? He says, Man, the Lord just prompted me to send something to you. And I looked. I like God's promptings, God's promptings are pretty awesome. I'm talking about within 30 minutes of leaving that place. And at that time, I hadn't spoken to Zach in a few weeks, and we'd brought nothing about money, but the Lord had just laid it upon us. And that's why you must understand that the realm of the spirit is governed by certain principles. Do you know what the Lord gets me to do? In some of the poorest places in Africa, when I was out there, back when I was doing ministry out there, I'd go amongst the poorest people and not just go there with a handout. I would teach them what I'm trying to teach you right now. And I've seen the Lord redeem. One particular region was called Berejena. It was drought-stricken. The people there were in poverty that even some of us in, from the old country from India that no poverty. That one was Africa. That was Africa-level poverty. Africa-level poverty, you guys, you're poor with rain. <laughs> Africa, they're poor with no rain. And I've seen the Lord redeem a, re- a region once the people learned the principles of plugging into favor. I would go there and I will say, hey, you guys need to extend yourself in giving. I remember one time the, the gentleman that brought me there says, Pastor, how can you ask us to do that? You drive here with your fancy car. We've got nothing. Our people don't even have sandals and shoes. And I had to tell him, my brother, I don't know no other way to break the cycles of misfortune except to plug into the principles of God. Teach your people to extend their hand in giving. And they gave. And the reins came. And there was a cycle of death amongst the men. Every time I preached at that little place, I used to preach at a funeral. Because the men were dying on a monthly basis. It was now just a community of women and children. The death stopped the day they extended. the cycle. Because I think it may have been plugged into the occult and, and, and witchcraft that was there. The next time we came, the deliverance that took place was during praise and worship. Not after the preaching. As we were worshiping, people began to fall on the floor. And they began to manifest and get set free. already gone over my time. Can we talk? The Lord said, Abraham, I want you to go to Mount Moriah. And that son that you love, now notice what the Lord says, the son you love. mean the son that's connected to your heart, the son of promise. I want you to offer him up to me there. Abraham said, sure. Three days journey to get to Mount Moriah. He says to the son, hey, here's the word of the sacrifice. let's let's go up. He says, dad, I see the knife. I see the fire. I see the wood. Where's the sacrificial lamb? He says, Jehovah will provide. And then he said to the servants, now this is what's important. He says, hey, listen guys, the boy and I are going up to the mountain to worship, but we're coming back. The old man and the young man went up the mountain. The young man carrying the wood of his own sacrifice. He lays Isaac on the altar. He lifts up the knife. He disturbed the scales of heaven. Why? Why? Because men had offered the son he loved. So what? God balances the scale. Why? God then gives the son he loves. I believe the principle that released the Christ, even though he was promised, was the day that Abraham said, the son I love is yours. And the Lord says, the son I love is yours. All is fair and square. I'm not talking to anybody here. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it dies that abides the Lord. Meaning what? As it gives itself, the scales are unbalanced. So Christ died and unbalanced the scales. Then the Lord added many souls to glory. Now Christ is able to receive the reward of his suffering. The scales are balanced. The kingdom of God is not random. It's not ordered randomly. It is very, 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 very intricately well ordered. And those that take the time to know the principle, they constantly plug into this. Some of them do it without knowing and it continues to bring result in their life. Are we good? Can I talk to you Zion as a church? You guys are sitting on the property you got for free. God likes you. You just got, Who gets this kind of square footage? anyway? Who gets this kind of acreage anyway? Ah, there you go ahead. So for you to turn around and say, ah, we cannot really build, we cannot really afford, we cannot really this and this. Ah, you can say that to somebody else. I, I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know that story. I'm the wrong person for that conversation. Because freely you've received. Boom. Build got a house, man. What's the matter with you? At this stage, I would hope that you got several few millions in the bank because you've been blessed for so long without a mortgage. I know churches that were really thinking. so what am I saying? I'm challenging you to be the most generous church I know because I've never really seen this happen. That the Lord will just give people a building and acreage in the greater metro, uh, metro area of a major city the size of Dallas. It does not happen. It happened to you. Give us favor, Lord. You're sitting on it. You should be the most generous people I know, because you understand the generosity of God. I remember back in the old days when we were at that at that, at that other place, Hallelujah, David and before you came to this. Remember that place? This year is called Salvation. Oh God, help me say this. God help me say this suggesting I'm going to take three to five minutes it's very important the weight is not lifted on my shoulders yet you've got to learn how to walk in what I call obedient giving obedient giving is not emotional it's not based on emotion it's based on calculation calculation of what how much have you blessed me Lord so according to the measure which I've been blessed I want to be a blessing According to the measure that you have blessed me, I want to be a blessing. How blessed are you? Why? Because the more blessing that rests upon us, sometimes we come off kilter and the Lord is saying balance the scales and then God will do this and then you do this and then God will do this and then you will do this and God will do this. That's why you find those that know this principle, they're constantly walking in more and more and a greater abundance. If you believe in God for a home, sow a seed in the church for God's house. Tilt your scale off center. See if he does not respond. This is all over the word of God, you guys. Every one of the people that, that we respect And we love, and we say, oh, look what God did with them. Look at the favor that the Lord walked in amongst them. You know, Jacob was favored, 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 favored by God. But he was a blessing to his father-in-law's house, and he caused the things of Laban to multiply. Do you remember how Isaac blessed? What did Isaac say before he blessed his son? He said to Esau, go out and catch that game I like and prepare that stew I like. What was Isaac saying? Isaac was saying, throw me off center. Do something for me that throws me off center. Because I want to release a blessing to you. So as he was, even though it was Jacob, as he ate and found pleasure in what he was eating, he turns around and says, now let me speak over you. Those are principles in God's word. This is the type of stuff you must teach your children so that the inheritance you leave them, they'll be able to contain. I challenge you to have a little bit of extra cash anytime you go out. And if you see anybody who's out there begging, roll down that window and give them. Well, brother, I don't know if they're buying this with it. Yeah, but you don't know if that might be the last meal that's going to save that person's life. First, I, I, I was in Boston one night, and I always keep a 20 on the side. The Lord has taught me to do that. And I, it, was, it was drizzling that night. And, and I, I, I came down by a light. And the man just looked at He needed help. And I rolled my window down, reached out for the 20. And, as I, and he did a double take. And he said, began to cry. And I believed the story that he told me because he never asked me for anything above that. He says, I was about to give up. I thought God had forgotten me. Now, I didn't mention God, nothing. I just rolled down my window and I gave. He says, I was about to give up. I thought God had forgotten me. He says, it was just minutes ago that I I felt I was alone and, and he was contemplating something else. And that gift in that immediate moment. So why do you think I sit in expectation to be blessed? I sit in expectation to be blessed. I expect people to be nice to me because the Lord has taught me the secret to that is to be nice to people. Give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Shall who? Shall men give unto your bosom. As long as I stay generous, I'll always attract the generosity of God. I don't give to you and expect anything from you. If I give to you randomly, I expect it to come from somewhere else randomly. I'm not going to hound you to say whether, you know, know. no, that's not the way it works. It's as You just stay in the flow of God. You keep throwing the scales off center. God keeps balancing. You throw them off center. The principles of favor are not mysterious or random. They can be. That's why the Bible says what? Observe an upright man. Psalm 37. Pay close attention to a righteous man. See what's happening with his children. See what's happening with his family. Because he's doing certain things right and learn those principles and do them. That's wisdom. Are we happy? Do you wish you had come for another sermon or is this good? Whenever the Lord wants to bless you, he sends a requirement from you. And a lot of times people ignore him so the scales cannot trigger the occurrences of God. A number of years ago, two of my friends, the Lord told me to, to take care of them so they lived with me. They lived with me for or four years, three, no, three years. And then the Lord told me something. He said, send them to school. So I sent them to college for, um, it was an auto mechanics type, type college. One was called Andrew and my other was my friend Martin. I paid for everything. Guys, I wasn't even making that much money at that time. I was really struggling. And right now I went from an associate's to a doctorate and I've never had to pay for college. Not just that, but my little brother and sister Sandra and Stephen, I, I, I took them from the home country when they were 16. They've gone through education. They've been blessed in all this. And, 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 and I, even though I'm the one who was the person in their life that was supposed to supply, my little brother and sister who are my heart have been right through, you know, Sandra has been all the way to registered nurse today. We haven't paid really much. The Lord made a way. You throw off the center the, the principles of God, God, God balances the books. I know there's things you desire that you're praying for. I'm just wondering if you're also ignoring at the same time the opportunities that God is giving you to meet those needs. Because anytime you pray, the Lord creates opportunities that enable you to access the favor you're asking for. Unfortunately, too many times we are blind to those opportunities, so we pray even harder. There's some things prayer cannot harvest for you, but right action, which is called what? Wisdom, will. So stand, please. Can I just share a dream I have for you guys, Pastor Justin? I have a dream for Zion to have such an overflow of resources, you'll be well staffed. You will have people. So you, when you come here to work, it won't be just you and one other person. There'll be there, you'll be well staffed enough to be able to do the work that I know God can, can. Some of the some of the growth can't happen if you don't have the help. I'm not talking about people that volunteer once in a while. I'm talking about people that you'll be able to have on payroll. It's possible. I tell you what, the Lord also later. Let me just share. I had a feeling the Lord said that one person here, one person here is able to get this parking lot paid. It doesn't have to come from the church's resources. One person wanting one check can get the parking lot done. If they understand the importance of taking care of the house of God. Am I talking to anybody? I felt it was one person that the Lord has already blessed. It's already been given. I dare you to do that and see what God will do in return. I dare you to outgive God. Sometimes we come with open hands to receive when the Lord wants us to come with full hands to give. I don't know what the Lord is going to lay upon your heart for the house of God, for the work of the Lord here. I don't know what it is. I don't even know why I'm talking to you about this except that's what the Lord gave me to do. But I want you to know that favor, there is a path to favor, it's wisdom. And that wisdom is when the Lord instructs and he gives you, just obey, man. Bay. He who waters others shall themselves be offered. Solomon says, I observed that there's one who scatters and yet gains much, and there's one who hoards and comes to naught. Principles. My desire for you is that you walk in blessing, not just for you as a generation. Mom and dad, I pray the kind of blessing that will hit your great, great, great grandchildren should the Lord tap. You can secure a blessing for them. How many of us need a miracle of supply? You need the Lord to do something. You you are in a place where there's a need right now that you need God's intervention. Lift up your hands. I want to see what I'm talking to. Okay, I see those hands. I'm going to pray that whatever the Lord instructs you to do that you do, but I, I, I want to stand in agreement with you that because of the weekend that we've been able to have, those things those obstacles, those hindrances, whatever it is that has been in the way, that the miracle that you ask that you're waiting for is released I pray that the Lord may give you the wisdom as to what you need to do Father in the name of Jesus, lift those hands up high come on Father in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for my friends you know what the needs are I just make an announcement, as your servant and your son I make this announcement Father that, that hindrance is out of the way the obstacle is removed That as they step out in obedience to you, Father, you're going to break the cycle of lack and insufficiency. You're going to release such an abundance that will endorse this principle in their life forever, so that this principle will never leave them from this day forward. They will know how to plug into the favor of heaven because everything that you're going to give is already theirs, Father. They just needed to know how to access it, so they believe that it is there, and as they walk in obedience, Father. Lord, I'm asking for praise report upon praise report upon praise report. The Lord is going to work a a situation for some of you here that you thought was not possible. Watch the Lord make it possible, just watch, Father. I thank you as we stand in agreement. You are the God of the impossible, and I thank you, Father, that you're making possible that which was impossible before. Ah, you said only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. We stand in here in agreement. I pray that Zion will be known for her generosity, Father. And the generous house of God that pours resources into our city, into our town, into the mission field that you've called us to do. We know how to walk in blessing, Father, and overflow because that's the nature of the church here. I remove any tightness, stinginess, the withered hand. We break that in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm asking, Father, that this church, Father, will be a sign and a symbol of God's divine supply. All so that we might give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Say this with me. Say, I am blessed. Say, I am favored. I walk in wisdom and understanding. And as I walk in obedience, I manifest the blessing of God. It's on me. It's on my family. It's on my church. It's on my city. In Jesus' name.